This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are today on this Wednesday coming to you live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ in Henderson just following JT the Brick Show. Just saw him walking out the door. I walked in. It's really a, a blessing. It really is to be the flagship station of the Raiders and be able to be at Raiders HQ and have about 20, 25-minute nice conversation with the GM of the team, Mike Mayock, and then you know, kind of put your stuff together, put your stuff together, and then all of a sudden head on over here, walk into this great production studio, this facility that they have, and do a show, do a two-hour show. I mean, what a blessing, right? It's unbelievable to have this kind of opportunity. It's unbelievable to have this kind of access. And uh, we cannot thank the Raiders enough for allowing us to be a part of this. And, of course, we got to thank you, Raider Nation, for being a part of this as well. Without you, we are not who we are. So uh, very excited about the show today. Very excited to be here in HQ. And I, I kind of feel like I spent all my day today uh, away from the, the radio station. And that's nothing against the radio station. But anyway, in any day that you can get away for a whole day and just kind of be out and about and taking care of business, it's always a good day. It's like a field trip for me. So I'm having a great day today. Hopefully, Raider Nation, you are as well. And I definitely want to hear from you throughout the course of the show today on a bunch of different subjects, on things you've heard already. Maybe you were listening to the Mike Mayock presser earlier. You got some things that you took away from that. I thought it was great. Anytime Mike Mayock talks, it's fantastic. It really is. When they said that Mike Mayock was the only one going to meet with the media today, but it was him. We were good. We're like, okay, perfect. You know, I mean, he, he gets just that kind of attention and that kind of uh, recognition. I know JT played the, the, the um, presser in its entirety, and that's great. You'll, uh, you'll hear a few clips from, from that on the show this afternoon. Again, uh, uh, 2 to 4 p.m. here, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Damon Cotton, he's back in the home studio. He'll be answering the phones, checking the text line, uh, keeping me in line, making sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and, of course, chime in on the show as well. And Damon, today's like one of the first days I haven't even seen you. <laughs> I just I know that you're there, but I haven't really quite seen you today. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing fine. And when you were talking about it, it's like a field trip for you, I was just like I was trying to live vicariously through you. Like, man, that must be a fun day. Get to go watch practice, have this fun <laughs> press conference, and then you just slide right over. And I was like, man, he's had a day. Yes, yes, and it's just getting started because you know the, the the my favorite time of day is is going on the air, being on the air, being able to do a show, uh, being able to talk and, and interact with Raider Nation because that's what we do here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So excited about that! Excited about uh, everything that we heard from from the GM Mike Mayock earlier today. So uh, Raider Nation got a lot for you in store coming up on the show as far as guests goes. Uh, Ted Nguyen from the Athletic, uh, have him on. Uh, usually we have him on maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks, but uh, like to have Ted on. I saw him in Santa Clara at. at at, uh, at Levi Stadium for the preseason finale and wanted to get him on because I'm starting to turn the page. And I know there's still a little bit of time before Baltimore, uh, but I'm starting to turn the page as this roster is being put together. I want to start talking about things that the Raiders need to start preparing for because please believe they have turned the page to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they're putting the roster together still. They're kind of going through the waiver wire. They're trying to uh, get the proper 53 guys to go into battle on that uh, on that Monday night football game. I, I get all that, but 
They're also looking to see who's going to be the important player. What's going to be an important part of the team? How are, 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 are the team, how is the team going to be able to defend Lamar Jackson? And how is the offensive line going to be able to stop the Ravens defensive line? I mean, there's so many pieces to this, uh, to this chess match. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's going to be a tough out. It's a hell of a way to start the season. The first two games of the, uh, of the year, matter of fact, I mean, you got the Baltimore Ravens and you got the Steelers, you know, back to back. That's going to be a tough out for any team. But, you know, just thinking about the Baltimore Ravens, and I had Mandy Knight uh, on yesterday talking about the Ravens as well, but thinking about them and thinking about the way that they like to attack opposing defenses, you know, of course, they want to they butter their bread by way of the run game. So is this a game, and I've I kind of been thinking about this for a while, is this a game where a guy like Cleef Earl is going to be more important than he may be in another game down the line, like maybe a game against the Dolphins? You know, maybe a team that, uh, that's probably a bad example because they run the rock as well, but just a team that's more pass-heavy than they are run-heavy. I mean, Baltimore, that's again, that's how they butter their bread is by, by the ground game. Is Cleve Farrell, is he going to have to really be a factor in this game? Do you expect to see him a little bit more than you may see him in other games throughout the course of the season? And if that's the case, well, he's got to get healthy. Uh, DeMond mentioned out at practice earlier today, and we have a very small window that we're able to observe right now, and it's just really the stretching period, uh, you know, and it's, it's a very small window. And if you follow us along on Twitter, uh, at R&R, um, R&R 920 AM, that's Raider Nation Radio 920, or at your boy Q254, you saw a couple videos. That's all we had time for. <laughs> we were literally out there for maybe 10 minutes, and that's about all we had time for was about three or four videos. Uh, saw Trayvon Mullen, saw Trayvon Merrig, uh, saw Damon Arnett, you know, was able to uh, send out some videos with those guys in it. Uh, Denzel Perryman, that's become official. New Raiders linebacker, he was there at practice. Number 52, he was rocking that five deuce. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, that's a small window that we have. Uh, so we're not really observing a whole lot of practice anymore as it's the regular season now or the regular season practice schedule. So we don't really get that access that we had during training camp. But, you know, uh, I haven't seen Cleferrell out there. You know, I haven't seen him out there for a while. Uh, of course, he didn't play on Sunday against the 49ers. Uh, he's, he's missed a, a little bit of time. How critical is he going to be? How important is he going to be? Is he going to be healthy for that season opener? Because, again, he's a guy that's very good against the run. He's a guy that, that sets the edge really well. If you go back and look, even as early as last year, when the Raiders were really good at stopping the run and slowing down the run, what happened? Cleef Earl was out there. When they started giving up a lot of run yards, what happened? Cleef Earl wasn't out there. So he's a guy that I look at and say, you know, he's, he's pretty important to this team, really needs to be out there, and haven't seen him. You know, and, and I know he's not a guy that's going to get, you know, double digit sacks a, a season. And uh, some people are going to hold that against him. And, and I get it. I get it because, I mean, you know, that's part of the job is getting to the quarterback and, and, and knocking the quarterback down and hitting him hard and, and getting to him early. You know, uh, I get it. I absolutely get it. But you also can't can't lose contain. You also have to be able to slow down the run. You have to be able to stop the run. And that's something that the Raiders, when he's not on the field, have struggled with. So, I mean, he, in my opinion, is going to be an important factor in this game. So he's got to find a way to get out there quick, fast, and in a hurry and get prepared for September 13th, that first game of the season against the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll talk all things kind of the game plan uh, for this Gus Bradley defense. Who's going to be a big factor? Who's going to, what, what position group's going to be a big factor? We'll, again, continue to start ramping up as uh, the Raiders prepare to play the Baltimore Ravens on the 13th. Then at 3.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She'll join us. She's our normal Wednesday guest, and she'll just join us to talk about the roster, talk about the cuts that they had on Tuesday, talk about the guys that have been picked up off of, uh, you know, through they went through waivers and they put back onto the practice squad. A lot of the guys that uh, even people like myself were concerned about are back on the practice squad, like a Trey Regis. 
I was really uh, happy to see that. Dylan Stoner back on the practice squad. DJ Turner back on the practice squad. And we haven't got the official email from the team yet. Just going ahead and, and laying it all out there. Everyone who reverted back or everyone who's on the team right now, uh, as far as uh, the practice squad goes, uh, there could be some IR guys coming pretty soon. That's something that Mike Mayock mentioned earlier today in his press conference. So then that could open up a couple roster spots as well. I mean, again, this is a big chess match, putting this putting this roster together. So we'll talk to Cassie about everything that she heard in the presser, uh, everything she's seeing from the team, just as far as, like I said, the roster, the numbers, the cutdowns, and uh, what she thinks of it as they're preparing to go into that Monday night football game. Uh, one funny moment during the, the presser today, and I'm sure Cassie will speak on it, we'll talk about it, is right in the middle of answering the question, I believe, about Cleve Furl, Mike Mayock got a phone call, looked down at his phone and <laughs> said, uh, excuse me, guys, uh, I'll be right back. Uh, give me one minute, I'll be right back. And he walked out. So that just, of course, that left a cliffhanger. You know, that's like a movie going to commercial. That left a cliffhanger for everyone. And we started trying to fill in the blanks of what was going on. Oh, man, did someone just get traded? Oh, man, is there a trade in the works? Oh, man, are they about to pick somebody up? So he was, he was gone, literally, like he said, about a minute. And he, he came back. And we all, we all kind of thought it, like, yeah, we probably should ask him uh, who was on the phone. And uh, Hondo, I'll give him credit, uh, Hondo Carpenter, to his credit, said, well, uh, you're going to tell us who was on the phone? And, and Mike just got a good laugh out of it. And then I, I, I spoke up and said, hey, we were all thinking it. And he said, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I've been on that side before. I know that everybody was thinking it. Everyone wanted to ask. And so we all got a really good laugh out of it. But we found it pretty interesting. He did mention it was an ongoing saga, so take that for what it's worth. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's just what it is. You know, it's an ongoing saga. That could be something with the team. That could be something with him. That could be, you know, he didn't, his order didn't come through yet. He's been trying to get his order. I mean, who yeah, you knows? Could say life is an ongoing saga. Like, exactly. this could be anything. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's so many, there's so many services that will deliver food to you. Maybe, he, maybe they got his order wrong. Maybe that's, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I would say that maybe we'll find out later, but will we? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, if there's like some explosive trade, we can all trace it back to that one phone call. Well, we could all at least have fun <laughs> with it and say it went back to that. You know what I mean? No matter what happens, no matter what happens, we could always go back and say, oh, yeah, that was that phone call he got during the presser. We could always say that. doesn't necessarily mean that that's really where that stems from, but it'll be, it's fun. It's fun to at least think about. You know, and I, I know I looked over at Vinny. Vinny looked at me, and Honda was sitting next to me, and I'm like, hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. But I uh, want to hear from you, Raider Nation, throughout the course of the show. Like I mentioned, 702-365-9200, Raider Nation listener line. Got the Salmon Ash text line. Always wide open like some old school TV antennas as well. 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know what you're thinking now about the roster, now that some guys have been reverted back to the practice squad. And if you're starting to look ahead to Baltimore, like I'm starting to look ahead, because that's all I like to do is just move forward and, and continue to look forward. And, you know, I know that the Raiders are doing plenty of due diligence and, and work behind the scenes trying to prepare prepare this roster for Baltimore, but what do you think is going to be the most important unit on the team as they prepare for Baltimore? Or who do you think will be the most important player as they prepare for Baltimore? And that could be offensively or defensively. Who's really going to need to lead the charge into this first week of the season? Again, it could be a position group. It could be a player. It doesn't matter. Just kind of want to know what your thoughts are, your early thoughts. Again, we're, we're 12 days out, so it's not like the game's tomorrow. It's not, the game's not on Sunday. Got a whole other week to go. But just want to get your early thoughts. And maybe, and on top of that, if you want to double down, you can tell me what the position group that you think is going to be most important. And do the Raiders have the dogs in that position group to get it done? How about that? Do they have the guys to go and compete to be able to either defensively slow down the Baltimore Ravens or offensively succeed 
Let me know what your thoughts are. 702-365-9200. My man Damon is going to be standing by uh, answering the phones, going ahead and, uh, and funneling it through to me here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And, of course, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, uh, the show doesn't start until Tom sends me a text message. So uh, no text messages come through until Tom makes a, makes a statement. <laughs> That's don't the have... biggest surprise is that Tom hasn't said anything yet. No, he's working on it. He's working on it right now. He's coming up with the master plan. And like I said, man, it's, it's funny. In the in the pressers, when we're in the media session, we don't do it on purpose, but Vinny usually asks the first question. And I've actually had people call me and say, hey, man, is it just like one of those things, one of those known facts that Vinny has to ask the question first, or is it just one of those things that happens? And I said, well, no, you know, it just kind of happens. You know, he just he kind of just gets that – that uh, that initial question in, and and that's cool. It kind of kind of breaks the ice, and uh, I believe me, I'm no, I'm not a, I'm not bashful. I'm one of those guys that I'm ready to go at all times too. But a lot of times, I don't even ask too many questions. I'll just I'll listen. I like to soak it in and listen, and then just roll. But uh, it's so funny. I always think that, uh, or when Vinny always gets his first question in, it's just it, it just kind of. It is what it is. You know, I, I, I like it. And so Vinny, Vinny sets a tone for us. Let's put it like that. So I uh, got a tweet already I want to go ahead and uh, respond to. I like this. Uh, coming from my guy S. Jonas, at S. Jonas NFL Photos. Come on, Q, it's easy. Ongoing saga, K.J. Wright. They playing chicken. Money freed up with cuts. Who else could it be where he walks out of presser? Just saying, reach out to the agent. Go get that story. Uh, that's what he's talking about as far as Mike Mayock walking out of the the presser uh, to, to take a quick call and then be back. Um, I mean, that's, again, everything that we say is very possible. Everything. Like, that could be absolutely spot on. But then it could be absolutely incorrect. You know what I mean? I mean, that all it is, all we're doing is speculating. That's it. Because we, we have no idea. Like DeMond said, life is an ongoing saga. It could be anything. I don't even want to throw anything out there because it could be anything. But it very well easily could be about K.J. Wright. Maybe they are playing chicken as far as money goes. And, and there has been some money freed up a little bit with cuts. Or maybe they're trying to you know, move around some money at the, at the current time. Who knows? It's a good thought. It's a good theory. I like it. I like the theory. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll go a little, I'll step further about that. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope you're spot on. Because I still think, even with Denzel Perryman being added to the team officially today, I still think that they need to add K.J. Wright. I do. But that's just me. And it has nothing to do with because I'm a super K.J. Wright fan. I just I see the need at that position, and I feel like you need to have a guy that gets it and knows how to get it done. And something that Mike Mayock said in the media session earlier today is that there's not quite as many veterans on the team that he would like just yet. I did notice that. Just yet, there wasn't uh, enough enough veterans, or he thought there wasn't enough veterans uh, on, as far as that goes. And so that's just uh, that's that's something to to uh, pay attention to. But let's let's go ahead and start off with a, a, a quote from Mike Mayock. Uh, he started off the whole the whole uh, the, the whole media session with Vinny's question, just giving the overall thoughts on the current roster. So I've been here three years now, and it's kind of been fun for me to watch the evolution of both the draft picks and, and the college free, ag- free agents and, you know, what you're trying to do in the, uh, with free agency. Um, I think from a draft pick perspective, it's kind of been fun, again, for year three for me to kind of look back at 19 and see who's become leaders on this team. 
you know, and see some of the those guys. Like even on the third day of the 2019 draft, guys like Max Crosby, um, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro, all three of them are leaders now, uh, along with Clee, along with uh, Josh. Um, John's been really good. Trayvon's had his most. So that, that class is, is kind of growing up, and for me that's fun. See them year three. They're, they're growing into men now. Um, last year's group t- took a little bit of a step up, I think, this year in camp with uh, you know two first-round picks. Uh, Ruggs came in, a little bit different guy. Um, you can feel his speed more than last year. Arnett, I've liked the way he's approached this camp, and I think Casey Hayward's been a really steadying influence on him. Uh, Brian Edwards, everybody's excited about. John Simpson's playing his tail off. And I think one of the cool stories of this camp is Amik. Amik looks like the guy we saw back two years ago in college, both inside and outside. Um, and then this year's group, um, Jimmy Morris, he goes to practice squad, but everybody else is on the team. And there's been some pretty good stories there from top to bottom. So um, that's a long way to say that uh, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's kind of cool to see some of these guys uh, grow up. Uh, it was fun watching this year's draft picks. I think they kind of are who we hoped they would be, but we're still in the preseason, so we'll have to see. So there's GM Mike Mayock right there just talking about the overall thoughts of this current Raiders team. And so far throughout the course of training camp and everything leading up to it, even the, the offseason when they went through free agency, they went through the draft. Of course, you know, there's plenty of conversations on the players that they were able to bring in. Uh, there's just been a, a kind of a buzz. I know here on the radio station, I've been caught up in the buzz around this team. It just feels like that they're trending in the right direction. Do they have some holes? Absolutely. But I just feel like there's something, I've, I've said, I've used this phrase many times, something different about this year's team. There's, there's, there's some real hope that a lot, especially a lot of the young talent, both last year's draft class and this year's draft class, can really come in and be contributors this year. And so it just, it just kind of feels like they have the right blend of players right now to go out there and really be, you know, big time, big time, a big time factor, you know. And so uh, one of the questions that he was asked was about his excitement for this team. Like, is this the most excited he's been, or been uh, as, as far as looking at a Raiders team? Yeah, it is. Um, and but um, you know, the first year I was here, I think I was excited because it was um, the uh, you, know, you bring a group of kids in that you, you, and you're kind of nervous about it. We started out six and three that year, I think, or six and four, um, and the kids played pretty well. And we just didn't play well going down the stretch. And I was really excited heading into that season. Young guys played pretty well. It was fun to watch. Um, last year. I was kind of had mixed emotions. I was very excited, but the the lack of training camp, I'm not sure if people really understand. And and all 32 teams deal with it, right? So I'm not complaining. Please don't take it that way. But it's just a different developmental path for the young guys, right? So, you know, I think the the most obvious example is our little nickel running around out there, Meek, and, you know, he's playing outside, he's playing inside. We didn't see any of the quickness, energy, disruption, and explosion last year that we're seeing this year. And it's really cool to see this year. It's cool to see the light go on. And a lot of that is not having any off-season program, being confused, playing slow. So last year, for me, was a little different. I was frustrated because I felt like in our system on both sides of the ball, it's tough on young guys. The volume is tough, especially on offense. It's tough. Um, so no off-season camp was brutal. COVID was 
managing COVID was hard. It was a different kind of excitement. I don't know. I don't think I explained it very well, but it's a, it was a, this year back to kind of normal and I'm fired up and it's part of a being back to normal, but B more just the accumulation of three years. And at this point, uh, my dad used to say, don't worry about whether or not the horse is blind, just load the frigging truck. You know, and that's where we are. We, we've assembled 53 players. Um, we think we're going to be a pretty good football team. Uh, we're not hiding from expectations. I think John and I would both tell you that we feel like we need to be a playoff team this year. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you guys are all going to put that in your headlines, and, and I understand it. Um, but we're not – I mean, that's what the expectation is. We think we've done um, the infrastructure work necessary to put us in position, and we got to take care of business. That's why we love when Mike Mayock talks. He gives such detailed answers. I mean, he really does. He's as truthful as he can be. Uh, I, I really, I can appreciate it. I, I was so happy that uh, I was uh, actually one of the last seats that was available was a front row seat. So I literally sat in the very front row, uh, right between Vinny and Hondo, and uh, was sitting there up close and personal. And I was so glad that I was sitting up close and personal, just because you can just not read a person's body language, but you could just see you know, the enthusiasm, you know, as he's explaining every answer. And so that's, again, a reason why I only had to ask a couple questions because I was more locked in on just what he was saying. Uh, Mike Mayock does a fantastic job of breaking it down and explaining what he's, what's on his mind. And you heard it right there, make no bones about it. He said him and John both believe that this team is a playoff team and needs to be a playoff team. He's not shying away from the expectations. Put it in, the, in your headlines. He knows everyone's going to talk about it. He knows I'm going to go on the radio and say that the team expects to be a playoff team. He knows that Cassie Soto's going to write or go on video or Heidi Fang or Hondo or Vinny or whoever, every Paul Gutierrez. All of us are going to go and talk about Mike Mayock said the team is, it needs to be a playoff team. And there's no doubt about it because there's every single member of Raider Nation has said the same thing to a T this year. Now, there's not everyone's not on board with them being that playoff team. We know the national media is not on board with them being the playoff team, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that the 53 cats in the building, the guys on the sideline that are the coaches, the dudes in the front office, the owner, people that run the website, people that run the media, people that run – uh, you know, just out there doing drills, <laughs> helping with drills. I mean, everyone expects this team to be a playoff team. That's what matters. Not anyone on the outside, only in these walls that I'm in right now. That's all that matters. If they believe that they need, they need to be a playoff team, bottom line, damn it, they need to be a playoff team. All right, man. Woo. I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, so so often we get caught up. We get caught up, though. You know what I mean? A lot of times we get caught up on, well, what does this guy think? What does that guy think? What did that guy write? What did he say on the radio? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all about what you in your house expects. When I go home at night, I'm somewhat in control of my house. I have certain (laughs) expectations. I say somewhat because out of respect for the wife. I have expectations. And my expectations need to be, they need to be, you know, they just need to, to, to go. It has to happen. What my expectations are have to happen. When you go home to your house, your expectations have to be met. Simple as that. Everyone's got them. Well, it's no difference in this house. This house right here that I'm sitting in, their expectations are playoffs. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. Now, I know we got some text messages, some great text messages that came through so far on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. 
Make sure you visit SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Damon, hit us with a couple text messages real quick, and then we'll get to Ted Nguyen from The Athletic breaking down film and preparing for Baltimore. All right, you read my mind. Mailman Raider, the weakness for Crosby and Ngakwe, nailed it, is setting the edge against the run. I think Clee will show his worth against Baltimore. He gets the start just staying positive. Okay, that's a good one. And, and see, that's, that's one of the things I've been thinking about. And again, I know that everyone's going to ramp up and start talking about Baltimore next week. You know what I mean? And that's going to be the hot and heavy conversation. I want to get ahead of this. I want to start getting ahead of it because that's, that's just what we do and that's what I do. That's, uh, that's the next opponent that's up is, is the Baltimore Ravens. And they've got to figure it out. They've got to figure out where their weaknesses are, how they can improve those weaknesses, and how they can go in their full throttle for that Monday night football game. All right, what, what else you got for me? All right, we got from my homeboy Q, Fargo Raider here. I was just noticing that Cujo got signed to the Steelers practice squad. Just how much insight do you think he brings to that defense on our offense and what ha- and what we have been keeping under lock and key? As always, great work, what you're doing, awesome, yada, yada, yada. Just win, baby. There you go. Why you, why you got to cut my, my compliment short? That's all I want to know. <laughs> if he had said, hey, DeMond has been kicking ass and taking names, you sure would have read that. Yeah, I was like, you're doing, you're doing good and you're yeah. awesome. And, yeah. See how you are? Cold as ice, man. Boy, I'm glad. Man, homeboys like you, I don't need no enemies, huh? <laughs> Let's get to his question. He said, as always, great work you're doing and awesome network for the nation. Just win, baby. I'm reading it, too. <laughs> Uh, hey, let me smell the roses right now, man. Don't don't let me smell the roses when it's too late, brother. No, nah, but as far as Cujo getting signed to the Steelers practice squad, that's great. That's fine. I'm happy for him. Got another opportunity to go out there and compete. You know, Mike Mayock talked about Carl Joseph, and, and he, he went back to one of the things I've been saying about not just Carl Joseph but other guys like Isaiah Johnson. Just not available. He missed two games. They only played three. He missed two. Not available. Good guy. Good football player. Like him as a, as, a, as a person, as a man, just not available. If you're not available, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. You can't even be a good backup if you're not available. That's just the key. You know the best backup quarterbacks in the league? The ones that are always prepared and ready to go. There's guys like Josh McCown that had 17, 18-year careers in the league. He was once a Raider at one time, too. But you know why he had that long career? Because he was always prepared and he was always ready to go. Always. Never had to worry about... Oh, is Josh going to be ready? No, they had to question that. He might not have been the most talented dude, but he was available. That's what you have to do. You have to be available. So as far as what kind of secrets he can give the Steelers, I mean, they're gonna, they can learn as much from watching film. I mean, John Gruden's not a, a brand-new coach. They'll learn as much as they can from watching Gus Bradley's prior stops. He's not a brand-new coach. They saw what he did with the Chargers. They seen what he's did in, done in Jacksonville. They know what he's done in Seattle. I mean – it's really it's so funny, you know. And we're only allowed to film certain sessions while we're at the you know media sessions. We're only allowed to film a little bit. And they don't want any scheme type stuff put out there. They don't want any plays being thrown out there, you know, stuff like that. And I respect that. But honestly, these teams they get so much off of just film or being at games. You know, having scouts there at games, they get all that. They get all that. So whatever Cujo can go and tell the Steelers about the Raiders. The Steelers will already know about the Raiders after they watch the game on the 13th against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, really. So I, I guess that's a nice way of me saying I wouldn't worry about Cujo spilling the beans. It's fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's all going to be out there after Monday Night Football anyway. Anything oh. that they need. And, yeah, there might be a, a trick up their sleeve here, a trick up their There ain't that many tricks in the world. 
There's a lot, but there's not that many tricks in the world that you can have to, you know, worry about that he can just go and and rattle them all off. So I, I wouldn't worry about that. I do appreciate uh, the, the the text message though. That's good stuff, uh, and you can keep those things coming. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. That's R, the letter R and R, and then the the message. Sometimes it gets a little confusing. I'll tell you, the first time I did it, I was confused as well. So I want to make sure that your message, if you spend the time to send to send a text to us, we actually get it. We acknowledge it on the air, and uh, we we discuss it. So thank you to Fargo Raider. Thank you to Mailman Raider. I'm still waiting for my man Tom. Tom hasn't texted yet, Damon. He hasn't nope, texted? Nope, nope, But we do got one more, and let's go ahead and get this one out the way, and then we got to take a break to get to All right, on. go for it, Mr. Hey, Producer. Q. What do you think of Abram playing as a spy for Lamar Jackson when we play the Ravens? From I think the MH4 Raiders. Okay, thank you for that, MH4 Raiders. Appreciate that. You know, I think there's an element to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Abram don't have the speed of Lamar Jackson, but who does? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I can see him being a guy that his, his big-time attention is Lamar Jackson. Because now with J.K. Dobbins going down, you, you have to feel like the, there's a little bit more weight on, on the legs of Lamar Jackson. You have to think that he's going to be a guy that's going to go out there and he's going to try to boogie-oogie-oogie just a little bit more. You know what I mean? He's going to try to get out there and get loose. So you've got to stop him from getting loose. I remember we got a text message a couple of weeks ago and said uh, the key to this game against the Ravens is getting up on them early, not allowing them to get the run game going because then you make Lamar Jackson throw the rock. That's also an element. I do think if, if I think if Lamar Jackson throws the ball twenty five plus times, I think the Raiders win. I really do. I don't think he wants to throw the ball twenty five times. And if he does, he's gonna want to throw it to the tight end. That's when a guy like, you know, uh like, like like a Jonathan Abram, who could be playing that Cam Chancellor role, has an opportunity to make a play over the middle. I, I and look, we'll get all into that later. We'll get into, you know, turnovers and and exactly what the keys of the victory is. We'll do that. You know, as we get closer to the game. But right now, I just kind of want to talk about position groups and players that you think are going to be important in this game. Nobody said anything about offensive players yet. So keep that, keep that coming. Keep that energy coming, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you. 2.30 is the time when we come back. Ted and the win from The Athletic. We'll talk some X's and O's as far as Baltimore goes. We'll get into who's going to be important for the silver and black. We'll do all of that. Ted breaks down film, does a great job for the athletic. This is Unnecessary Roughness. We're live right now, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. It's called Raiders HQ, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920. My boy looking fly. I have to drop it after DeMond backs up and says that Trent Brown's his boy, and I think you said that, what, three times? Never said he was my boy. You definitely said my boy. You definitely said my boy. My boy. I give it to you. You got me back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 233 is the time. We are live right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Uh, had a very good first segment there of the show. Uh, excited about all the feedback that we've, re- we've been receiving on the Sam and Ash text line as well as the phone line, 702-365-9200. But right now on the Raider Nation hotline is a very special guest, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. Does a fantastic job of breaking down film. Ted was uh, in attendance in Santa Clara on on Sunday for the Raiders 49er preseason finale. And, Ted, I, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. Sorry the game was not a little bit more exciting and a little bit more fun <laughs> for you on uh, on Sunday as you were in attendance. But uh, what was your overall thought of just kind of what you saw as the preseason got wrapped up there in Santa Clara? Um, you know, we, we didn't get to see the starters play. Obviously, they didn't travel. But, you know, I thought Damon Arnett played pretty well. Um, I thought – Amik Robertson played pretty well, you know, and I, I thought that during the game, and you know, apparently the Raider coaches thought the same because you know he was a guy that was kind of looked at as a bubble guy, but he ended up making the team. And Mike Mayock even came out and said they were excited about him playing outside and inside today. 
And another guy that stood out was uh, Gerald McCoy. I thought, you know, he, he brought some juice and uh, he, he was disruptive against the Niners starters. So, um, you know, not a ton to take away from that game, but, uh, you know, those three playing well is uh, pretty encouraging because, you know, the Raiders definitely, uh, I think Arnett will eventually get his shot and, you know, he's going to have to uh, prove that he belongs on a field when he does. And I also think the Raiders need some beef on the inside. And although Gerald McCoy isn't an overpowering player, he's one of the Raiders, you know, stronger, bigger uh, defensive tackles. So, um, you know, they'll definitely need him to play against uh, the Ravens, who have a punishing ground attack. Yeah, no, they really do. And we're going to absolutely get to that punishing ground attack in just a, a couple seconds. I wanted to ask you, because I pointed this out on Twitter, and some fans kind of came from my neck, but you know how Twitter is. That's how it gets down sometimes. Um, how, how much do you think that the Raiders, even though it wasn't their first team, guys, it wasn't their, their starters, how much do you think it may have helped them to get a little bit of early look at that zone read, that zone option that Kyle Shanahan was running with uh, Trey Lance on Sunday? Um, you know, I think it probably, um, you know, the thing is, I, d- I just don't think that they're going to show um, their game plan against um, the zone read. Right. Uh, so, uh, if anything, I think it was a little, um, a bit of a negative to see that zone read just because they have to kind of uh, show some of the techniques that they've been teaching against the zone read and the option attack. Um, but I think for the most part, they don't want to show uh, get or give away too much of what they're going to do against the Ravens. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. We're talking right now with Ted DeWin from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis and uh, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, uh, you mentioned that punishing ground attack of the Ravens and J.K. Dobbins. We know he's down. He had the torn ACL. That's unfortunate. He's not going to be there, but they've got a hell of a ground attack. Is this a game coming up on the 13th? Do you think this is a game where a guy like Clee Furl, he may be leaned upon a little bit more because of that ground attack? Oh, yeah, big time, big time. I think um, he's going to be really important in this game um, as a end, maybe playing inside a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders play some uh, three, four looks. You know, uh, Gus Bradley uh, has mainly featured a uh, a four-man line, but it, there's a there's a three, four component in it, and I think Farrell would be a really good four-eye, you know, head-up-on-tackle um, type of defensive um, line lineman again in this game. One of the things I asked earlier when we started the show was who Raider Nation felt was going to either be the most important player for this game or a position. And you mentioned they needed to beef up that interior line. So would, are you looking at a Jonathan Hankins and a Gerald McCoy as two guys that are going to really have to come through and, and, and be the guys in, in this game to really slow down that attack? Yeah, I think so. I think Hankins especially is going to be extremely important. Uh, like I said, I, I would not be surprised to see – uh, more of a three-four type of look, where you have Hankins playing that nose tackle position, where he's going to be head up on the center or outside shade of him, uh, depending on what front they call. Um, and Hankins really is the only guy that could man that position and 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 hold up in the middle. Um, you know, I think maybe McCoy could do it a little bit, but that's just not his strength, and it was never his strength. Um, so you know, Hankins is going to be extremely important. Um, you know, I think what we're going to see. Is a bit of three four with some quarters looks mixed in. You know, even though Bradley is a traditional um, single high cover three type of uh, type of defensive coordinator, I think we'll see some quarters looks where the safeties are playing up and a little more involved in a run game because you have to do those things against the option attack where you know guys are assigned parts of the option and they could overlap and do those sort of things. 
You know, earlier this uh, this training camp, uh, the the Raiders put out one of their first depth charts, and it had Tanner Muse on there. Of course, he didn't play at all last season, his rookie year, and they really had him uh, as a starter in the base. Is this a game where you think that Tanner Muse and that base look may actually uh, be used a little bit more, even maybe sometimes line Muse up outside of an uh, uh, Ngakwe or even line him outside of a, a Crosby to help set the edge? Um, possibly. I, I think um, Muse is a little light for that. Okay. I, I think Koontz uh, might get a look here. You know, I, I think um, he, because he did get some reps as a Sam linebacker, and I, I think, you know, he, he might get some looks being a stand-up um, guy in those three, four type of looks. Um, but I think Muse might be a little light to do that. But, okay. you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Muse play some off-ball just because the, the Raiders are so, you know, beat up at the inside linebacker position right now. Right. No, they, they absolutely are. We're talking to Taylor Nguyen right now from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And speaking of linebackers, Denzel Perryman comes over from the Carolina Panthers. The trade became official. He was there at, uh, at practice today, rocking the number 5-2. So uh, how, how effective do you think he'll be? Uh, how, how critical or how much do you think that maybe uh, Gus Bradley, since he knows that scheme, that Bradley scheme, how much do you think he may lean on him early in the season? Um, yeah, I think that he's a really good signing because you know he, he already got paid his signing bonus, so the Raiders aren't paying him much. Next year isn't guaranteed, uh, but it's just he's just a really good signing at the right time for the Raiders right now because of the injuries that they are dealing with, um, and he you know played a lot of years under Gus Bradley, so he knows that system well. He also knows how Gus Bradley wants to handle the options, so he has some experience it with um, Bradley game planning against option attacks. Um, and I just think that his physicality could actually come into handy against the Ravens. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting more playing time than people might think um, in week one. You know, we, we've talked a lot about defense, and we've had a lot of callers and texters uh, hit us up about defense and, and how the Raiders can try to slow down that, that Baltimore Ravens rushing attack. But flip it over to the offensive side of things. Uh, who do you think is going to be tested the most? Or how much do you think this offensive line is going to get tested? Because the Ravens, I don't care what the name is on the back of the jersey, they always have guys that know how to get after the quarterback. How, I mean, how much heat is this going to be right out the gates for the Raiders offensive line? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be one of the most difficult challenges that this offensive line is going to have all season because, one, they don't, you know, at this point, week one, they don't have a ton of reps together. And then they're going against one of the hardest teams to protect against because you have all these communication, you know, all this communication you have to do with the line of scrimmage. They have just so many pressure schemes, so many unique, exotic pressure schemes that you just don't see with other teams. I mean, there, there are some. Um, blitzes and pressures where you, you know, the offensive line has to create their own protection just to be able to handle um, some of the Ravens' uh, schemes. It's going to be difficult. And, you know, especially without Ronnie Hudson, who um, was so instrumental in getting the Raiders into the right checks uh, while he was here, uh, a lot of it's going to be a car. I don't, I don't know if Andre James, who does not have much experience at all, is going to be able to handle this on himself. I think it's going to be up to Derek Carr. Um, to make some of those changes, to see some of those blitzes and, and get them in the right protection and throw hot. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a real test for this offensive line. 
What do you think, and this will be my final question for you, what do you think that John Gruden will, will try to do, how to kind of implement you know, a, a better protection scheme? I, I know you mentioned the, the throwing, throwing hot, but when the Raiders played the Bears in London, they kind of had a, a game plan so they could try to eliminate Khalil Mack and his, uh, his rushing attack. So do you think that it's just something that Tom Cable and, and, and John Gruden try to scheme up and make sure that they're, they're doing a lot of chips and getting a lot of help? I mean, how, how do you think that they try to combat everything you just said about that Ravens defense? That's a line. Yeah, you're going to have to chip. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them play with um, t- maybe a tight end in the in the backfield next to a gu- car and a shotgun. That way, um, you know, that tight end or, or running back, you know, but I think um, maybe you, you could see Alex in gold there because, mm-hmm. you know, they are dealing with some injuries with the running back position as well. Uh, but, you know, I think you'll see some um, some two-back sets where the backs are off the line of scrimmage so they can see where some of those blitzes are coming from a little easier. Um, you'll see some max protection. Uh, the Ravens play a ton of man coverage, so it's not like you need to put a ton of guys out in routes. Uh, you just need to win your matchups, and that's a lot easier said than done. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think you'll, you'll see some more six, seven-man protections and you know, it's going to be up to Henry Ruggs, you know, to be able to beat some of that press coverage and get deep. And um, obviously Darren Waller is going to be a big part of the game plan as well. But, you know, they drafted Ruggs for his big playability. And against a team like this where you have to beat man coverage, this is where Ruggs has to make his money. And he's going to this game, this game is going to be a big um, showcase to see if Ruggs has truly improved uh, being able to you know beat press coverage. Because if he does, you know, nope, there's not a lot of guys that can run with him in uh, in the league. So I think he's going to be a big X factor in this game. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, also I'm kind of looking at Marcus Peters. I think Raider Nation knows him very well. He's a guy that likes to always look and cheat and look into the backfield and go for the big play. And sometimes that, uh, you know, results in him getting burned. So it uh, should be an interesting matchup. I'm glad that we have some days to talk about it before it really shakes out. But I just wanted to get an early, early thoughts on some X's and O's and some film work from you, Ted, uh, as you do a great job with The Athletic on um, breaking down film. Uh, you got anything coming out that Raider Nation should be on the lookout for? Uh, no Raider related content, uh, coming out just yet, but, you know, I'm also on a state of nation podcast with the athletic. Yep. Uh, so, you know, this week, um, the, uh, I'm on vacation this week, but the guys are going to break down the 53 man roster. And then next week we'll be talking more about the, the Ravens game. There you go. Well, that we'll look forward to it, Ted. We definitely appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. Enjoy your vacation and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Talk to you soon. Absolutely appreciate you. Look at that. Ted Nguyen giving us some time on vacation. Now, that's, that's a good dude right there. That's a good dude. DeMond on vacation wouldn't even answer my phone call. DeMond's like, I'm out, brother. <laughs> You're on your own, Q. You are on your own. That's all right, DeMond. It's all right. Ted, Ted will hook us up on vacation. I didn't know he was on his vacation. I feel bad now, but that's cool. <laughs> it He's is a all- great guy. Yeah, no, that, that, that was really cool, really solid. Uh, I, I, I found myself doing that a couple times when I, I've been on vacation. I very rarely take vacation anyway, but it's like, oh, hey, Q, can you do us a quick interview? Yeah, sure, no problem. The wife just looks at me like, really? <laughs> really? You just can't take one day off, can you? Nope, don't know any better. That's just how I roll. But good stuff right there from Ted uh, talking about, especially, man, that defensive line of the Ravens and how they're going to try to attack the Raiders' offensive line and how they're going to try to get at Derek Carr. They're going to come in waves. They're going to really come at, at, at the Raiders and, and try to get Carr to have to throw that, that quick check down, get the ball out of his hand quick, fast, and in a hurry. And well, that's going to be the big question. 
Can a Brian Edwards, can a Henry Ruggs, can a Darren Waller, can they get their one-on-one matchups? Can they beat that? And if they can, then, hey, they, they, there's, there's room to thrive. If they can't, well, then you could be in trouble. But, that's, uh, that's again, that's why I wanted to have Ted on early so we could start to talk about that. As I threw out the question and I continue to want to throw that question out there, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Who do you think is going to be the most important player? What do you think is going to be the most important unit for the Raiders as they prepare for the Baltimore Ravens, and if you want to take it a step further, do they have the dogs? Do they have the dogs in that unit, or do they have that player to be able to you know, hold it down against Baltimore? Let us know, 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line, and of course the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you hit up SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. 247 is the time. We are live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We are coming on back. This is Unnecessary Roughness on the flagship station of your Las Vegas Raiders, Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, we got the Salmon Ash text line as well, 69187, keyword R&R, make sure you hit us up. And I uh, got a text. Yo, Q, Raider 30 here. I want to talk offensive line. I think they'll be the most important group against the Ravens. I'm really concerned about the depth along the line and the youth. What players are out there that might come in to solidify that O-line? I feel a lot of confidence that Carr has had over three years has come from the O-line. He's been behind. With that gone, do you expect him to play more conservative in the beginning of the season? That's from Raider 30 on the Sam and Ash text line. And I don't know if he's going to play more conservative in the season, but he's going to be aware of everything you just said. Everything you just said, I mean, that offensive line is going to be tested. It's going to be tested early. It's going to be tested often. Uh, apparently, well, not apparently, The with knowing that the Ravens are going to bring the, the kitchen sink at them, throw the kitchen sink at them, the Steelers are going to try to do the same thing. I mean, he's going to have big tests, and this is going to really see how mature and how, how what steps Derek Carr has taken, how much further along he's come along in his maturity as the starting quarterback for the Raiders. So thank you so much for that text, Raider 30. Now let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line all the way to Indy. Let's talk to our guy, TR, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q? You asked the best. Uh, it's going to be the most important group week one. I kind of stole this take a little bit from Take on Live, so shout out those guys first. But uh, you notice they only kept five wide receivers in the lineup. So I think we're going to see a lot of two tight end sets in that first game at least. Okay. So I think that tight end group becomes the most important thing. We know they're going to double and chip on Waller. If Foster Moreau can eat, they're going to have to do something about that or else we're going to see something getting picked out from the backfield with the running backs as well. So I think Green's going to keep two tight ends in there to keep that line safe in that first game. Good stuff. That's good stuff right there. I like it, man. And, and that's why I asked the question. That's why I throw it out there because you get all kind of different angles. It may all go back to the offensive line. It may all go back to the defensive line. But there's certain – certain ways to go about it. There's certain ways to to be able to get that maximum protection, and the Raiders are going to need that maximum protection. I like the double tight end idea. Uh, that's a good one right there. Thank you so much for that, TR. And let's go hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line one more time. How about Raider Mike? What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Uh, just driving through uh, the Rockies. I had to go through that armpit known as KC last <laughs> night, and I just passed through donkey country, finally leaving me. Uh, where I'm probably the most notorious and hated Raider fan in the, this area, anyway, and definitely KC. But uh, the stench is, is leaving my nose finally. Um, as far as a player who's going to stand out, um, I think it's going to be Abrams uh, eyeballing Jackson. 
because that's the key to winning the game. If we do that, it's over. They won't have a chance because Dobbins is out. I mean, the, the key is just shut him down. It's over, you know, because he his big weapon is his tight end. And, you know, I think we got the, the personnel to take him out. So, and he's going to be running all over the place because all eight of those defensive linemen are going to be rotated out constantly and just nonstop rust, similar to what Tampa did to the Muppet in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, anyway, on my way to uh, Frisco, decided to go to my three most hated teams in two days. <laughs> I've never had to do a trip like this, but these two uh, boost, uh cattle dogs I'm delivering to Frisco is making me actually go to all three. So, wish nice. me luck. You guys be good. Great show. Keep up the great work, Q. Be good, DeMond. Later, bro. Peace. See ya. Thank you so much for that call, Raider Mike. I appreciate you. Be safe out there on the road. Thank you for the call. Great stuff. Uh, I love it, man. He said it's three most hated hated uh, teams. And, hey, that's how it is sometimes, you know. Sometimes it's just you, your travels take you somewhere where you might not want to go. My travels have taken me places like that before. But, I mean, it is what it is. got to handle it and you got to hold it down. But good, good stuff. I like the Jonathan Abram. Uh, he's going to be a factor. Uh, I, I like the fact that uh, you're talking about, uh, you know, he's going to be uh, Lamar Jackson, that is, going to be th- running around a lot and uh, keep that rotation on the defensive line fresh and, and you'll be good to go or should be good to go. And, and that's, that's, I know that's the theory. That's what Gus Bradley wants to do. He wants to be able to uh, have rushers come in, uh, in, in waves, you know, the first line, the second line, the third line. That's what he wants to do. So uh, we'll see if he's able to implement that and make that happen. But good stuff. We definitely appreciate that. TR from Indy and also Raider Mike right there. There. appreciate you 257 is the time when we come back we'll kick off hour number two of unnecessary roughness we'll start off with cover three but what we'll do as we're doing cover three it'll really just be some mike mayock sound bites from what uh from earlier today when uh when we had the media session uh that was a lot of good stuff from him and so we definitely uh appreciated talking to him earlier today and uh that's what we're gonna do so we'll do that hour number three kicking off unnecessary roughness here on raider nation radio 920